Hey there, listener. If you don't already know, the chapter on Treebeard was split into two episodes because I didn't want to go through the emotional turmoil of trying to figure out what to cut and what to keep. So I split it into two episodes. Have you listened to the first part? No? Okay, I'll pause right here and wait for you. You're done? Okay, cool. Now, on to part two. Hello, and welcome to episode 23, all about Treebeard. Chapter 4, Book 3 of The Two Towers, being the 23rd part of That's What I'm Talking About. This is when Mary and Pippin are like, all right, we'll tell you everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we'll try... They're basically like, we'll try not to be too hasty, but like, there's a lot to cover here, so we might have to be a little hasty. Maybe a short amount of time. <laughs> and then, um, this is when, yeah, once again, Treebeard says, I'm all, alt- I'm not altogether on anybody's side because nobody is altogether on my, my side, side, if you understand me. Nobody cares for the woods as I care for them, not even elves nowadays. And also, this is once again another, I am the Lorex, I speak for the trees. <laughs> Nobody cares for the woods as I care for them. But yeah, just kind of like, once again, I was like, I'm a little concerned here. I hope he's on. I really hope that they become on his side because Mary and Pippin proceed to tell him everything. everything. <laughs> so if they ended up being like, oh, cool, thanks for the info. We're going to go tell Saruman everything now. Like, that could have been bad. But also, speaking of Saruman, Treebeard talks about how the orcs have been part of the issue of ruining the forest and the trees and everything Mm -hmm. because Saruman has create either like created a new breed of orcs or has given orcs kind of a power so that they are able to go out into the sunlight yeah he's like crossbreeding them with i can't remember if he says goblins or men or something like that because there's a whole bunch of these like i think they're called the wildlings? They're these more, more... Mm, how do I say this without making it sound super colonialist? Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna... Just s- say it. Say if it's bad, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> like, men that live around Isengard. Like, they just live out on these like, outskirts of the society. The plebes. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> the plebeians. They live on, like, the outskirts of society, and, and Sar- Saruman is like warped them to his the side quote unquote, and i'm pretty sure he starts using that, like don't matter or whatever yeah and he starts using them to breed in well, that's orcs. terrifying yeah to make the urukai that can run through sunlight without any sort of hindrance that's even worse than i was imagining i thought he just like was like here's some pixie dust i sprinkled on you now you can walk in the sunlight oh yike that's a big yike <laughs> um <laughs> super yike <clears throat> Bootsuits are always troubled with the future. I do not like worrying about the future. <laughs> I also don't like worrying about the future. What um, and then he... Oh, so they ask him... The uh, Mary and Pippin ask him a little bit about Saruman since they are kind of talking about him. Because um, Mary and Pippin don't really know anything. The most that they have heard of Saruman was through Sam when he was at, when he like snuck into the council of mm-hmm. Elrond. And Gandalf um, told them about Saruman's yeah, betrayal. Yeah. Um, and Treebeard kind of talks about like, yeah, Saruman used to be a great wizard. He was our buddy and he would help us a lot and he would visit and he would come over here and talk. Um, he says he was chosen to be the head of the white council, they say, but that did not turn out too well. I wonder now if even then Saruman was not turning to evil ways. And then... Later on, he says, or further down, he says, he is plotting to become a power. He has a mind of metal and wheels, and he does not care for growing things, except as far as they serve him for the moment. Um, and Oh, and then he, and then he gets, says a very scary phrase, which I know, I don't know. It says, and now it is clear that he is a black traitor. <laughs> so that's just kind of like, ooh. I mean, I know, like, context of the situation where like the white team is the good team and the black team is the bad team because it's like high fantasy racism lightness lightness and dark the pat you know a a very common trope in a lot of fantasy just that light is good dark bad anywho what was i saying yeah so basically yeah basically treebeard says that yeah Saruman used to come here and we would chat a lot and I would tell him a lot of stuff. And basically, 
he he got played because Saruman later used everything that Treebeard told him mm-hmm. um, for his own. And that, that's what he's talking about here. He is plotting to become a power. That he does not care for growing things except as far as they serve him for the moment. Um, so, he has a mind of metal and wheels. I know. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So poor Treebeard, he was betrayed. Yeah. And that's when he says he is taken up with the foul foot with the orcs. Worse than that, he has been doing something to yeah. them, something dangerous. For these Isengarders are more like wicked men. It is a mark of evil things that have come in the great darkness that they cannot abide the sun. But Saruman's orcs can endure it, even if they hate it. I wonder what he has done. Are they men he has ruined or has he blended the races of orcs and men? That would be a black evil. Yeah. Gross. Um... And it's at, it's at this point that I'm like, okay, even if Treebeard and the Ents aren't going to take sides, at least he doesn't like some of their enemies. You know, like, at least he's not like, oh, yeah, Saruman's a great dude. Because um, that would be more concerning. But uh, when I was like, is he going to pick a side or is he just going to stand here and do nothing the whole time? Um Like, <laughs> Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, There's a lot of fan theories about Tom Bombadil when he's like, no, I can't go. And having nobody really heard of Tom Bombadil. Some people think he can't leave. Some people think he's imprisoned where he's he like is. He's like tethered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. Because there's no explanation. Some people are like, I don't think Tom Bombadil can leave. See, I think that's giving more credit to him. Yeah. I think he literally just does not care. He's just like... He's like, <laughs> yeah. For listeners at home, <laughs> Neil stuck up two middle fingers. That's Tom Bombadil. So imagine that Tom Bombadil standing in the middle of the forest. With shades on. With the, yeah. Sunglasses on, just... <laughs> Just like, I'm going to stay here. Goldenberry, my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all my fun tree children. Oh, also, this kind of just reminded me, this idea that like, oh, the orcs are going or being in places where they typically aren't, mm-hmm. kind of also reminded me of in the Order of the Phoenix at the beginning, how the Dementors are, showing are up where, they, where they shouldn't to. be. It's just kind of like a sign of the times, well, the beginnings. The ministry caused this attack. Because <laughs> I was a merge, a merge right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of like a sign that things are happening and dark forces are gaining more power because the dark things and the evil things are in places where they typically aren't. And that's mm-hmm. not a good sign. And it's moving typically. again after after years, yeah. centuries even, of, of you know moderate peace. Because in that, that last battle, the last alliance is what they call it. And they cut Zaron's ring from his hand. Oh, right. Yeah. And I thought, for a second, I thought you were going into how the series ends. No, and no, like, no, that's no, what, no. And no. I, was, I was like, you know, that's a huge spoiler, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, no, this already happened. Yeah, it's good. like <laughs> a couple thousand years before any of this, and Sauron was destroyed in the same way that Quote, Voldemort was destroyed. destroyed yeah. Um, and then disappeared to to the east for a while actually he disappeared to the murkwood which is why it became called the murkwood because his presence made it dark and icky um but yeah so now everything's as he's talking almost with sauron like or saruman the wheels are beginning to turn again and something has to be done yeah and that's kind of what he he goes into he says that um or tree tree beard says that it, it seems like all of our, he says our roads go together to Isengard. So, and he's also talking about Rohan and Gondor and all of these people. And he's kind of beginning to see that everyone's going to need to team up mm-hmm. in order to defeat everyone. Or it's to, such a sad <clears throat> moment too when um, they're talking about about how Sauron Saruman used to be just like. A presence that was like their neighbors, but now he's always noticing constant smoke rising from Isengard and from yeah. Orthanc. And he says that down on the borders they are felling trees, good trees, some of the trees they have just cut down and left to rot, orc mischief that, but most are hewn and carried off to feed the fires. Curse him, root and branch. Most of these trees were my friends, creatures I had known from nut and acorn. Many mm-hmm. had voices of their own that are lost forever now, That are and there are wastes of stumps and brambles where once there were singing groves. I have been idle, I have let things slip. It must stop. Yeah. 
Um, and then one of my favorite lines that comes from uh, Tree Beard in a similar passage, but down a little bit, he's like, I will stop it. You will come with me. You will help me. And then Mary and Pippin are like, hooray, yay, we will do this. Let's and go. Then, and then Tree Beard's like, well. <laughs> Actually, I've I been a little hasty. He's like, I've been a little hasty. We must not be hasty. I have become too hot. I must cool myself and think. And this is one of my favorite lines. For it is easier to shout stop than it is to do it. Yeah. So true. <laughs> Easier, easier said than done. Yes. Um, it's easier yeah, to say hastily. things need to change, someone should change it. Yeah. Than it is to be the person to change it. Yeah, exactly. And then he he goes in, he kind of goes into the history of the ants. Um, and we find out that there were three original ants, or only three remain of the of first ants. Yeah. Um, himself, Fangorn, Finglass, and Faldriff. Um, AKA leaf lock and skin bark. So I like how they have like very like, pr- like, pr- like thin glass fall drift. Yeah, and then and it's like the f- leaf lock and <laughs> skin, skin bark. bark. And if fangord means bearded tree, I'm certain that fin glass and fall drift mean leaf lock and skin bark. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like very literal naming. Um, and then they talk, he talks about how they had, there were int wives. The int wives. <laughs> and he says, we lost them and we cannot find them. And this is when all I could think about was, how do you lose a woman? You forget to cherish her. This makes me also think of that, that scene in Brother Bear where that old bear is like, I lost my husband. And he's like, stop telling people I'm dead. Sometimes I can still, I still hear, hear his voice. voice. <laughs> he's straight up just like, we lost the ant wives. And Mary and Pippin are like, that's so sad. He's like, no, like... We literally lost, lost them. them. We don't know they where they are. off somewhere, and we don't know where. And we keep trying to get them to come back, but they don't want to. Which... <laughs> the wives are dead. Stop telling people we're dead. <laughs> Sometimes I still hear, hear their, their voices. voices. <laughs> um, Stop telling people we're dead. <laughs> and this is when I just... There was a lot of... Okay, I'm just going to read... I'm going to read what how he describes. And I have a lot of, like, thoughts and feelings about this. So... <clears throat> It says, for the ants loved the great trees, the wild woods, and the slopes of the high hills, and they drank of the mountain streams and ate only such fruit as the trees let fall in their path. And then about the ant wives, and they saw the slow in the thicket and the wild apple and the cherry blossoming in spring and the green herbs in the waterlands in summer and the seeding grasses in the autumn fields. They did not desire to speak with these things, but they wished to. But they wished them to hear and obey what was said to them. The entwives ordered them to grow according to their wishes and bear leaf and fruit to their liking, for the entwives desired order and plenty and peace. And this is when I'm like, this seems a little sexist, but okay. <laughs> that, my friends, is Tolkien. I'm just like, there's. We've met two female characters. <laughs> yep. Yep, and then a whole swath that are just like, nature, I'm going to control it. Yeah. And yeah, just the way that Tolkien writes the Entwives is like, the the Ents are like, yeah, we love everything and we let nature be. And then Tolkien's like, but the Entwives are like, we want it. We want everything. We don't want it here. Controlling. Controlling. Yeah. I, like, especially the line, they did not desire to speak with these things, but they wished them to, to hear, hear and, and obey, obey what was said to them. And I'm just like, that that's a little problematic, Tolkien. Mm-hmm. James, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien, <laughs> Tolkien. Tolkien. <laughs> and really, I'm sure I'm never going to get it, but I would love to hear the Intwives side of the story. Yeah. <laughs> They're, I would just love I would just love it for the end wives to be like, yeah, no, the ants were trying to be really controlling over us and they wanted us to do all these things and we were like, no, screw that. We were gonna go over here and just be by ourselves and that's all we wanted in life. And oh, and his wife. Oh yeah, that's right. Um But yes, <clears throat> I'd love I'd love it if they ever ran upon an ant wife and they were like, Yeah, no, we just wanted to make some gardens and help the world flourish yeah. and the ants didn't also, like that. It just sounds like the ant wives wanted to see the world. Yeah. Like they it's he says that they liked the 
They like the cherry blossoming in the spring, the green herbs in the waterlands in summer, the seeding grasses in the autumn fields. So they literally just wanted to travel Middle Earth and be like, it's pretty over here in that mm-hmm. in that time of year. Let's go over there. And on High also sexism. Also, are we certain that the entwives want to be found? Also, why aren't, why are they called entwives? <laughs> yeah, I also hate that that they're. Their names are only in relation to, to how... being married to the yeah, other ants. Yeah. There's ants, and then there's ant wives. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate when... I don't know. I hate in, like, I don't know, eulogies or speeches or whatever when people are introducing women, and they're like, amazing wife and mother. And I'm like, it's like, yeah, but she was also a person. I had more identity than that. Than wife and mother. Yeah, exactly. So, anywho. <laughs> So, and I'm sure people are going to have a lot of feelings about what I just said, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, so then, um, what's his name? Treebeard goes into, oh, this is when I tried to color coordinate my highlighter for my book. Mm-hmm. So I did yellow for two towers, but then I couldn't find my pink highlighter, so I had to do... Or I did yellow for fellowship, because the cover of my fellowship book is yellow. And then the color of my two towers is red. And I was like, oh, I'll use my pink highlighter. Where's... Oh, no. Okay, we're good. We're good. I just touched my computer in it, and I thought I lost everything. It's fine. But then I found my pink highlighter, and now it's all color-coordinating. Anywho. Um, yeah, so then they... Treebeard sings this song, and it's like a... It's a duet between... It just says Ent and Entwife, mm-hmm. and... It's almost like it's like a, a play. Yeah, it re- yeah, it looks exactly like it looks a like script. Lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what's what's funny about this is that so all of the songs, obviously, I'm imagining that the characters are standing there like singing it. So what I'm imagining for this is either because having these line the int int wife int int wife both is like a not a fourth wall break, but that's like the insider information mm-hmm. that. If you're watching the play, you wouldn't see, people don't say like, you know. They like, don't say who, like the person just speaks. You yeah. Don't, you don't know that it's. It's not like, int, when spring unfolds, the beach and leaf. Um, it's also. I, so either that means that Treebeard would go, now the int says this part. When spring unfolds, <laughs> and now the int wife says, when spring is come to Garth, or he did it in an int wife voice. Yeah. Where he would be like. Come back to me, come back to me and say my land is fair. When spring is come to Garth and Field. So, either I, way. I love, <clears throat> like, he was a great poet in a lot of ways. He has such a great internal rhythm to these things. When spring unfolds the beech and leaf and sap is in the bough. When light is on the wildwood stream and wind is on the brow. When stride is long and breath is deep and keen the mountain air. Come back to me, come back to me and say my land is fair. Like, it's very, yeah, it's very rhythmic. Yeah. It's got such a nice bounce to it. Literally, Tolkien was just like, I want to be a linguist, and I also want to be a writer, and I also want to be a poet, <laughs> and I also want to write songs, and I also want to make maps. Yeah. He... <laughs> and, and and then someone was like, you know that, that commercial of them fighting over the hard shell taco or the <laughs> soft shell or whatever, and then the girl goes, Perkinolos does. <laughs> this is like, why not do everything all in once? That's Tolkien's, that's Lord of the Rings, essentially. But I like that, so essentially the summary of this song is, the Ents parts are going, please come back. And the Ent wives go, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I like it here. Um, but then the last line kind of gives a glimmer of hope, and it says, it's both of them together. Together we will take the road that leads into the west, and far away we'll find a land where both our hearts may rest. So this sounds like, okay, obviously the solution here is compromise, rather than the ints being like, come back to where we are. The ints are like, let's find somewhere else that we're, we can all live and be happy it's almost a little hopeful which is really interesting mm-hmm. because the, the poem moves through spring to summer to fall to winter um and then the end white her last line which says when winter comes and singing ends when darkness falls at last when broken is the barren bow and light and labor past i'll look for thee and wait for thee until we meet again together we will take the road beneath the bitter rain which it rhymes, but it doesn't rhyme. Um, and then together say, we'll take <clears throat> the road that leads into the west, and far away we'll find a land where both our hearts may rest. If you say it, if you're Brit, like you're British, yeah. If you say again, I'll look for thee and wait for thee until we meet again. 
Together we will take the road beneath the bitter rain. Yeah. That, yeah, there we go. it rhymes. <laughs> it doesn't, but it does. <laughs> it rhymes if you're Tolkien writing it and you don't care. So I just like this this cyclical pattern because he says they repeat yeah. it a lot and they sing it a lot. So once you get to the end with the winter, it starts over again, back to spring. Um, but I like that even in the parts where in winter, when the wife is like, well, you know, the world is more or less dying. I'll come back to you. I'll still find you. Yeah. We'll still be together, even if the world is barren and cold and, and snow covered and when we're together again spring will unfold so it's just yeah. a, it's just an interesting because especially when he says know it by heart and they hum it and sing it now and again so they always start it back over yeah it's just it's just cute and almost hopeful <clears throat> in a way that that the ends and the end wives will be together again at one point yeah and so with that they go to bed and they sleep and when they wake up uh treebeard says that we are going to go to intmoot Intmoot. Which just kind of made me laugh because it's like, once again, there's a lot of great names and things that you can call things in here. And Intmoot is not one of those words <laughs> that it's like, there was one chapter I was making fun of, um, Legolas is talking about like, he took in a breath and he loved that green smell. And mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, Tolkien, like, you're a great that writer. Can smell. you come up with something better? And once again, this is when Pippin and Mary are really trusting of whatever people give them to eat. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they get some kind, it's a liquid. I guess it's basically like a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> but it says it was earthier and richer and they drank it. So they drank it and it filled them up and they decided to eat bits of their lame bus that they have left over. And it says more because they felt that eating was a necessary part of breakfast than because they felt hungry. So that just means... Gotta eat. Very hobbity. And Pippin asks, where is Intmoot? And Intmoot is not a place. It is the council of ants, basically. We shall meet in a place where we have always met. Dern Dingle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Dern Dingle, men call it. Not every fantasy name can be a great one. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and so then once again, Pippin, uh, I mean, um, once again, Treebeard scoops them up like babies. Mm-hmm. And they walk to, they walk, walk to Dern Dingle. And it says Pippin tried to keep count of the inch strides, but failed, getting lost at about 3,000. Yes. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Well, he also says, like, when they're sleeping, he had a, a few hundred inch strides just before they woke up, because I guess yeah. he gets to wander around. Also, do you mind if we time out for a second so I can run in the bathroom? Yes. Yeah, so um, let me show you a picture really fast from... Because Tolkien's, Tolkien's, because you do, did a lot of little drawings for the books. Um, yeah, I really want, like, how they're doing, they're re-releasing the Harry Potter books, but they're mm-hmm. doing fully illustrated versions. I want that for Lord of the Rings. And I want them to pepper in some of the illustrations. I mean, there's bound to be something like that already, right? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of books that have some of his original sketches in it. Um, Tolkien sketch, show me it. His idea of of Treebeard was um cute. <laughs> it feels weird to say because he created it, and I'm like, well, that was a cute attempt. He just looks like a weird little a little little troll man. And when the movies were like, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, he's gonna look like a tree. <laughs> Well, I mean, the movies have to take some liberties. Like, weird to, um, <clears throat> there was one chapter in Two Towers where I was like, what did the orcs actually look like? Let me Google search this. And then I was like, ah, oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, they're really scary. <laughs> and then my guest was like, I'm pretty sure that the, the movie people just took a lot of liberty with that. And we're like, we're going to amplify it a bit because it's the movies. Yeah, and they have all those horrible piercings. And Hollywood. And- and all that stuff. Well, I can't find it. I'm really... But... That's okay. I'll find it later, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I just figured maybe you could like post it on your um, Insta or something. Ooh, that would be a good Since thing to post. nobody who's listening right now will be it. able to... Yeah. <laughs> Look at this picture, everybody, on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I am really <laughs> excited to see how like the costuming or the makeup effects or the special effects... Since the movies were in the year of our Lord, 2000, and I don't know, one, yeah. four. It's, it, it stands up in 2000s. a lot of ways. It still stands up, and it's it's pretty good. But I love Treebeard. 
He's just a tree. <laughs> he's just a tree. That's like, <clears throat> that's pretty much exactly what I pictured. Yeah, he's just a tree boy. I also love, um, I meant to bring it up when we were reading about about when they drink the Entwash, but Tolkien specifically mentions that before Treebeard drinks it, he stands both feet in it as if he's like sucking it up through his roots. Oh, that's Tolkien. Tolkien being clever. That's clever. But do you want to know what Frodo looks like? Too bad. Too bad. We don't know. He has bright eyes. Tolkien so has bright told. eyes and is short. No, Frodo. I think I said Tolkien. <laughs> you did say Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> um, to the ant moot. To the ant moot. So they get Also, their... could you imagine Pippin's counting his steps? Could you imagine counting to 3,000? Like one, two, three. I get bored four. after 50. Oh, yeah. That's like, I mean... Assume, well, it also mentions that tree. it says Treebeard did not talk to them. He hummed to himself. And then every now and then he would like mutter words. It says boom, rum boom, borar, boom. boom. A lot of booms. Drarar. <laughs> Drarar boom. Drarar. Um, so I guess they got to pass the time somehow. Yeah, but. I think he's also, he talks about <laughs> later that a great hoom and hom rang out from a deep-throated horn, like mm. a deep-throated horn in the, the woods and seemed to echo from tree to tree and far off several directions, a similar hoom hom hoom that right. came as an echo. And I, it's that sort of like, if you've ever been in a forest and you hear like the wind move through and all the trees kind of creak and ache as yeah. they're like swaying. Yeah. I like the idea that they're just chatting, just shooting. The Shire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every yeah, so every now and again he'll stop and yeah, he does this kind of call, mm-hmm. which I guess is like awakening the trees mm-hmm. or calling them to action. And I think he's um, also passing messages yeah. from tree to tree to tell um, the other ants to meet him. Yeah, to be like, We're going to Ant Moot. He's uh um, he's chatting in the group chat real fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then it says the hobbits saw that they were descending into a great dingle. That's at this point that I'm like, what is a dingle? Cause cause What is a dingle? The first time I looked this up. Or the first time I read the word dingle, I was like, I'm sure, whatever. It's just like a kind, like a section of the forest or a way to describe how a certain part of a forest can look. And then Tolkien uses it several more times. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should figure out what this is. So, are you A deep and narrow cleft between hills. There you a go. A shady dwell. Oh, it's also a town in Count Kerry, Ireland. All that's coming up for pictures is pictures of that place in Ireland. Dingle, Ireland, which looks beautiful, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Okay, that's weird. The first image that comes up is as a, a a creepy wooden sculpture of a woman in the oh, woods. Oh, hate that. Yeah, that's... Anyhow. Yeah, who knows? <clears throat> Anyhow. So they go into the dingle. Do the dingle. And this is, um, once again, when Mary and Pip- Pippin... And also just kind of reminding the readers that, like, not all of the elves are the same. Not all of the dwarves are the same. Also, not all of the ants are the same. Says the ants were as different from one another as trees from trees. Some as different as one tree is from another of the same name, but quite different growth and history. And some as different as one tree kind from another, as birch from beak, oak from fir. Um, and then later on, it says the many shapes and colors, the differences in girth, which I hate that word, <laughs> <laughs> and height and length of leg and arm, and in the number of toes and fingers. Anything from three to nine. So, yeah, just once again. They were, like, also just kind of showing that, like, everyone turned out. Everyone from the forest has come to the Entmoot. Because this is obviously an important topic. And before your friends roast you again, it's beach. Beach What did I say? Did I... Did I, oh, did I say beak? Oh, that, yeah. might, that might have just been me misspeaking. Beach. Yes, I know. <laughs> prevent, <clears throat> prevent you from being roasted by your friends. I might, have, I might have been combining the word beach and oak. Yeah, that so, might have been it. Thank you. Okay. I know how to pronounce words sometimes, people. I can read sometimes. Sometimes I can read. Um, one day I'm going to do a compilation of all the times that I haven't been able to read on this podcast. Because <laughs> there have be been one a lot. episode of all mispronunciations. There have been a lot of times where I'm like, I'll be reading a passage and then I have to stop like one sentence in and I'm like, hmm, wait this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm like, I highlighted it, but I don't know what it says. Um, and so then they open up the meeting. <clears throat> I love this. It says, after a long time, the, oh yeah, and they're speaking in Entish. After a long time and the chant showed no signs of slackening, he found himself wondering since Entish 
was such an unhasty language, whether they had yet got further than good morning. <laughs> and if Treebeard was to call the roll, how many days it would take to say all their names. So I, I just love that. <laughs> I That's wonder so what, funny. <laughs> what Intish is for yes or no. He yawned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So then... And they have they... agreed that you are not orcs. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because um, he... Oh, yeah. So then Treebeard is like, hey, this is probably going to take a while. If you guys want to like go over... There's a lake over there. If you want to like sit there and refresh yourself, go wander around. You don't have to sit here for this whole thing. I know. And he's like, and it's it's definitely annoying to hear people talk in a language you don't know. So just go and yourself. Yeah, just go do whatever you want. Yeah, right now. And so they, Mary and Pippin go over to this area. And Mary says, I don't know quite where we are. And I'm like, same. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Um, and then... Says exactly what I've been thinking this whole time. He says, but I have an odd feeling about these ints. Somehow, I don't think they are quite as safe and well funny as they seem. And that's, and then he also says, they seem slow, queer, and patient, almost sad. And yet, I believe they could be roused. So. And if I, if that happened, I would rather not be on the other side. Yeah. Um, and then Pippin says, there might be all difference between, there might be all the difference between a cat. This is what I was talking about, how I can't read. There might be all the difference between an old cow sitting and thoughtfully chewing and a bull charging, and the change might come suddenly. And I'm like, yeah, you don't want to be on the other side of a charging bull. (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? But yeah, just I have an odd feeling about these ints. Somehow I don't (laughs) think they're quite as safe and well funny as they seem. So yeah, literally, I'm just like, you're right. Like these are fun. Like these are fun creatures, but I have no idea what side they're gonna go on. The int moot, because the way that Treebeard has been talking about the ints sounds very much like, oh, they're not going to be like th- like they're they're not easily yeah they're not easily roused and they're not easy they're not so hasty. They're very slow moving and they might decide that this isn't worth our time and energy. Yeah, um, I also like because <clears throat> he says. Um, there might be the difference between a, cha- uh, a cow chewing and sitting versus a bull that suddenly charges. And I yeah. wonder if Treebeard will rouse them. I am sure he means to try, but they don't like being roused. Yeah. Treebeard got roused himself last night and then bottled it up again. The image I always think of with the ints, and I think Tolkien captured it perfectly, is like even if you just look outside your window, these trees that are the size of what we expect a tree to look like are at least 50 years old if not like a hundred plus and they grow very slowly and they don't do much because they just sit there and they eat and then then winter comes along and they lose all their leaves and they go dormant but if a tree falls it's devastating like how quick the tree tumbles and how much it can take anything with it so I, i always get this image of these ants being like trees but should they be pushed to the point of falling they'll just that's take, dangerous they'll, yeah, yeah it's dangerous and they'll take down anything a, with it trees a, can do- knock mm. down other trees level houses yeah they're like a huge untapped potential like mm-hmm. potential to have great power and to be a really helpful like people to have in the in the fight against sauron and saruman i guess um anyway and so treebeard comes back with another ant with him and he says still they're talking about what they're gonna do and and he says still it is no use denying we shall be here a long time yet a couple of days very likely so i brought you a companion he has an int house nearby and this is brigelad yeah sure and then what's his name and then his other his like tree his like tree themed name is quick beam um Oh, and I love I love this. It says that is quick beam in your language, but it is only a nickname. Of course, they have called me that ever since I said yes to an elder int before he had finished his question. Mm-hmm. So I love that the the other ints are like this one's hasty. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna name him Quick Beam, and they send him to take care of the hobbits because <clears throat> he's younger, mm-hmm. and also because he's more quote-unquote hasty so he drinks quickly and goes out while summer's still wetting their beard yeah i love that (laughs) let's see and he sings to every rowan tree he sees i love that yeah so he takes them to their house and it's so funny because like things happen so quickly all like for such a slow moving people in this chapter all of a sudden like the next page they make their decision Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And just a little time skipping. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, I wrote down three days later, like the SpongeBob transitions. <laughs> three days That's literally later. like what happens. Like Quick Beam takes him back to the, takes them back to his house and they like sing a little song a, a bit and then they go to sleep. And then it just says, just kind of talks about what they do for the next day, which is they just kind of like hang around and do nothing and occasionally talk to Quick Beam and hear things and they can hear the moot going off and mm-hmm. go, still going in the distance. And then on the third day, they wake up and it says that they notice that all of a sudden the voices stopped and they're like, oh, it's about to happen. And then they hear all of the ants doing like a ch- like a chant and they're marching towards, um, I guess, heading to Isengard right now. <laughs> and they to go to... War. Yeah. We come, we come with the roll of drum, Taranda, Taranda, Rundaram. We come, we come with horn and drum, Taruna, or Taruna. There's a little... There's a little line over the line U. Who knows what U. that means? Taruna, Runa, Runa, Ram. And then Quickbeam picks, once again, picks up the hobbits. I just love how the ants are like, yeah, my, my babies. These are my babies now. <laughs> um, and... Then as they draw closer to where the hobbits and quick beam armament says, Whom hum, here we come with a boom, here we come at last. Come join the moot, we are off, we are off to Isengard. To Isengard, everyone... though Isengard be ringed and barred with doors of stone, though Isengard be strong and hard and cold as stone and bar as bone. Or I guess bear as bone. <laughs> we go, we go, we go to war to hew the stone and break the door. For bowl and bow are burning now. The furnace roars. We go to war to land of gloom with trample of doom. With roll of drum we come, we come to Isengard. With doom we come, with doom we come, with doom we come, with doom. And very. You know the epic. best way to go to war is to loudly sing that you're coming to it. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. They're not, they're, it's they're a, not stealthy creatures. I was going to say, trees. yeah, like they're going to be able to be seen anyway. Um, and this is where it seems very, it seems very Shakespearean to me. Um, like in, it's at the end of Macbeth when, what's it, Dunsinane, they, they, the, what's it, Macduff and his troops like disguise themselves up as trees and they like cover themselves in branches and stuff. And it says that like the woods of Dunsinane are moving mm. towards us. And that's super like reminiscent, a par- parallel here of like the woods are moving. Um, yeah. Very a, epic. I, I really like that you brought that up because Macbeth, especially Macbeth, was a, a large inspiration for Tolkien's writings. And we You're can talk, kidding. I'm not kidding. Great. He really liked Macbeth. And there's a part later in, in, in I'm not going to tell you about it, but in Return of the King, which we can talk about later when you get to it, that he wrote in there specifically because he thought Macbeth would go one way and it went a different way. So he wrote basically a self-insert into his book to have Macbeth turn away. He wrote like Macbeth fan fiction. Basically. To be like, no, I didn't like how that went. I didn't like how that Willie Shake guy wrote it. So I'm going to write it this way. And I like that you brought up the part of um, the tree, the forest moving because... It's a very powerful... We might see that again. Quote, 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 (laughs) wink, wink, wink. Wink, (laughs) wink, wink. wink. The other thing is that it's also a very Shakespearean trope, I guess, that in his... In his tragedies, or in his, not necessarily tragedies, but in his dramas, a very, the way that you know that like, oh, Shire, it's about to go down, like it's happening, think things are moving, is when nature is all of a sudden reacting. And this happens in Julius Caesar too, when they, it's either after they kill Caesar or right before and they're planning and someone shows up and it's like, yeah, it's really weird. Like it's really windy. There are lions running around. There's the lioness whelped in the street. That was Miss Brown's favorite part of, I remember that so vividly. Hey, this is future Mary Clay jumping in to explain that Mrs. Brown was our English teacher in high school. And she was very famous for being a very enthusiastic English teacher, especially when it came to doing Shakespeare plays. When I when I was talking about the woods of Dunsinane in class, when we got to that section, she literally pushed all of the desks aside and brought in branches from her yard and leaves 
and made us act out the scene and had most of the class stand up and hold these branches and leaves in front of their faces and move forwards towards McTuff and Macbeth. She's a great teacher. If you want to hear, actually, if you want to hear me talk more about this wonderful Paula Brown, a uh, wonderful English teacher at Douglas Southall Freeman High School, you can listen to Some Reading Required, where I talked a lot about my English experiences in high school. Okay, anyway, back to the pod. Miss Brown. Yeah, because she loved, loved um, Julius Caesar. And I remember that on one of her tests, we were supposed to write like examples, at least one example of the omens that happened before the Ides of March. Yeah. And I wrote... That's it, yeah. Yeah, and I wrote that the lioness walked through the street and whelped because she just, like, <laughs> gives birth to another lion, like, in the streets. And she, that was her favorite omen. She gave me an extra point because I wrote that one down. That was one of my favorite things about just, like, English classes or classes in just any class in general in high school is, like, figuring out what the sweet spot is for the teacher and then just playing into that. <laughs> unashamedly being like well their favorite obviously their favorite character is um mr darcy so i'm gonna write this essay about mr darcy (laughs) and then they're like oh i love that essay and you're like i know i know i know that's why i wrote it that way so where were we but yeah it's very it's just all very shakespearean and i love it i'm here for it um and then also just made me laugh that like just once again, the Paul Rudd meme coming back through. Look at us. Of, look at us. Who would have thought? Mary and Pippin accidentally recruited, like, the biggest power they could have. I know. Besides, like, a team of wizards or besides, like, Tom Bombadil. Yeah. They accidentally recruited. An the, army of ants to go take An army, Saruman. like, a, a freaking forest. year Like, thousands year old trees. Like, uh, <laughs> Just Mary and Pippin. God, just and it's like, who would have... around and literally they have an just, army of trees. I don't know what else to say. Like, who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> so, <clears throat> anyway, and so, yeah, so it says, though they had expected something to happen eventually, they were amazed at the change that had come over the ints. It seemed now as sudden as the bursting of a flood that had long been held back by a dike. And then later down, they... Oh, yeah. So they're kind of asking, like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to get there? And we really learn how powerful they are. It says, Mm -hmm. we are stronger than trolls. We are made of the bones of the earth. We can split stone like the roots of trees, only quicker, far quicker if our minds are roused. If we are not hewn down or destroyed by fire or blast of sorcery, we could split Isengard into splinters and crack its walls into rubble. And then very ominously... Treebeard also says, likely enough that we are going to our doom, the last march of the Ents. But if we stayed at home and did nothing, doom would find us anyway, sooner or later. And yeah, just very, it's basically, yeah, that's like how the chapter ends. They're going, they're marching off to war. And Mm -hmm. it it basically just ends with Mary and Pippin, like, (laughs) looking at each other stunned, like, can you believe this is happening? (laughs) We did this. We got the forest of Fangorn. On our side, and now we're going to Isengard. Yeah, and it says P- uh, Pippin looked behind the number of ints had grown, or what was happening. Where the dim bare slopes that they had crossed should lie, he thought he saw groves of trees, but they were moving. Could it be that the trees of Fingoin were awake, and the forest was rising and marching over the hills to war? He rubbed his eyes, wondering if sleep and shadow had deceived him, but the great gray shapes moved steadily onward. There was a noise like wind in many branches. The ints were drawing near the crest of the ridge now, and all song had ceased. Night fell and there was silence, nothing to be heard save a faint quiver of the earth beneath the feet of the ints and a rustle, the shade of a whisper as, as of many drifting leaves. At last they stood upon the summit, looked down into the dark pit, the great cleft that at the end of the mountains, Nan Curanir, the Valley of Saruman. Night lies over Arvin- Isengard, said Treebeard. So good. Do, do, do. End chapter. The next chapter... The White Rider. The White Rider. Oh, yay! We're back with Gimli, Legolas, and, yeah, and Aragorn. Yay! Thank God. Not that I didn't enjoy the Merry and Pippin chapters, but like, like I, I'm constantly referring to them as my golden trio because yeah. that's oh. the, the best team, I, I don't think. Actually, it'll be a little bit before you get a resolution to what happens at Isengard. 
Because I think they jump back to Mary. Uh, oh, I'm not concerned. Yeah, things. The big tree, the yeah, big tree things with like the Mary and Pippin plot seem pretty like well. Like we're not really left on any like like this like this kind of is a cliffhanger, but like not too big. It's it's a it's an epic like positive good cliffhanger of like oh that's good so now we can switch back it's kind of like it's kind of like in the walking dead when they have seasons where like the team is split up and one episode will follow like these three people and then you kind of wait for their story to get to a good stopping point and then they they jump jump, and then they jump back to be like that's what tolkien does he does that really especially in two towers because everyone gets split up and so you have Three major storylines. You have Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas doing whatever they're doing. You have Merry and Pippin doing whatever they're doing. And then you yeah. have Frodo and Sam doing whatever, whatever they're they doing. Were doing yeah. But I think, like, because it is the worst to read a book that's split up that way. And you only want to know about one person's storyline. Yeah. So then you get to the chapter that's not about them. And you're like, oh. Uh, and I think Tolkien does a really good job of making all three of them compel- compelling enough. Yeah. That you don't get to a part where you're like, oh, God. Frodo and Sam's part is too long. Take me back to Mary. Yeah, that's why I like it that it's like third person rather than because what what I really hate is when it's like first person and it switches between the two characters. (laughs) I have not read any of the Twilight books. So it flips back and forth. Listeners, before anyone tweets at me, I will not be doing a podcast about the Twilight books. (laughs) Yeah, Breaking Dawn is like 800 pages and 400 of them are from Jacob's point of view and you're like, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Bell is a vampire. I've waited for this for three books now. That's a good... Jump back. (laughs) Like good amount of why like there are a lot of books i'll like mark on like my like goodreads profile is like yeah like want to read or whatever and then i'll like go and be like oh i want a new book let me see what i have on my list and i'll be like why did i mark this this is a two-person pov this sounds awful next (laughs) but anywho um so we are at the end of the tree beard chapter. Tree I would beard. say it lived up to expectations for me. I enjoyed it immensely. He's a wonderful character. Um, and I think it ended a lot more helpfully than the Tom Bombadil chapters. Where Tom Bombadil is just like, all right, go off into the sunset. <laughs> They're like, we have, have to fun. do this thing, Tom Bombadil. And he's like, ooh, sucks. Have fun. And they're like, are you going to help? It's like, no. You can sleep here. Yeah. <laughs> Is that and, good enough? Yeah. And then this is like the opposite where they're like, yeah, we'll fight with you. Sounds great. We need some help. And he's like, absolutely, I'll kill this wizard. <laughs> we'll kill this evil man. So. Yeah, and I like that line. I think it was right at the end, but he's just, he feels so betrayed by Saruman, especially mm-hmm. when he has that line that wizards should know better. Wizards do know better. Um, and we see that with Gandalf, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That Gandalf is, is the example. Gandalf does know better. Yeah. Um,. So yeah, it's a good chapter, and I really enjoy Treebeard, and I enjoy everything he has to say. He was great. He was great. He's a I good can't boy. Wait. I can't wait to see them again. So yeah. Um, the Sundering of Isengard. Is there anything you would like to share with our audience? Any? Where can people find you on the internet if they don't already know? Um, or if you, you want people to find you on the internet, find me on the Instagrams. That's really the only one that I use. Neil underscore N-E-A-L, not N-E-I-L, N-E-A-L underscore before underscore God. Humble. <laughs> Humble breath. And before as like the word, not not before. I'll link it. Don't yeah, mind. you can link it. But that's um, it. I don't really post much, but I add a lot to my stories. Also, I'm, I think I'm going to start doing with doing this with my guests. Is there something you would recommend to our listeners? A book, a movie, a show or something that kind of reminds you of Lord of the Rings or something that if people are liking Lord of the Rings, what else should they be watching, reading, listening to? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm, wow, I was not prepared for this at all. Um, it's, okay, it's a YA novel novel series, but I, like, devoured them in middle school, and I kind of want to read them again because they are so good. If any of y'all have ever heard of the Fable Haven series let me find who the oh, like how you said have any of y'all ever heard of the fable haven series and i'm like there's no one else here to respond to that question <laughs> um no yeah. i'm sure hey, answer me podcast listeners i promise you that um, a by lot brandon of... mull brandon mull fable okay, haven cool. there it's a just like a real short synopsis it's about these two the brother and sister um who are like 
right at the beginning of high school or late middle school. Um, and in the first book, they are sent to their sort of estranged grandparents' house for the summer because it's just like, I don't know, their parents can't watch them and their other, other grandparents are unavailable. So that's like their only option. And they've never really met these people. So they're sent to their ranch out in the middle of nowhere in this like thick wooded forest. Um, and when they get there, things are not what they seem. Hmm. Um, and it's a, a wildlife reservo- reservation for magical creatures. Oh, that sounds... And I think it's a five-book series. Sounds And dope. it's it's really good, and I highly recommend it. And I think I'm going to read them again. <laughs> um, cool. But if you like that sort of fantasy fantasy thing, especially a, a greater focus on fantasy creatures, um, yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Cool. And it's easy read because it's, it's young adult. Yeah. So. Well, and also, people like to rag on young adult because it's... Honestly, like, why they misnamed what the YA genre actually is because really it's just like it's like teen books Mm -hmm. it's for teenagers because I am a young adult and if I pick up a young a YA book there's a very small chance that it's going to be about a 24 year old yes yeah most likely it's about a 16 year old and also that's how I've started to be like I might be getting older because I'll be reading a YA book and I'll be like oh my god this is I'm like they're so annoying like just get over yourself and talk to your friend about this boy that you both like and then there won't be a problem anymore when you get to the point where you're reading something and the main plot or watching something and the main plot device is poor communication that's when you realize you're not the target audience yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly so that's what i'm talking about is a proud member of the bacon and eggs network you can learn more about that by going to bacon and media the cover art is by vaishan brandon support him on instagram at graphite.vmb you can find the podcast on twitter and instagram and facebook twitter and instagram is at tolkien about pod and i will link the facebook group in the description um you can find me on twitter and instagram at mcwatt416 on Twitter and Instagram at mcturndownforwatt. And I believe that's it. Yeah. So. And uh, happy holidays to anybody who's celebrating whatever they're celebrating. Yes. Those are, yes. We are recording this after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is December, which I believe is the proper start of the Christmas season. But whatever i know a lot of people disagree with me and i'm like look i don't have the energy to do that for two months fair (laughs) i barely have the energy to do it for one month so (sighs) anywho and that's what i'm talking about (laughs) 